Thanks very much, Michelle. And do please keep your Bibles open. We're going to look at uh, Proverbs chapter 1. We'll come back to Acts chapter 9 and we'll look at a number of other passages uh, this morning as we begin to look at the book of Proverbs. Uh, Please pray with me as we prepare to do that. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we praise you because you've provided your word to us. We praise you that through your word, the Bible, you teach us all we need to know for life and salvation. You teach us how to live wisely as your people in this world. We ask you to help us, Lord, to understand what we read today and to see how what we read uh, can be helping us to grow as your people, as followers of Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what is wisdom? Uh, looking at the book of Proverbs over the next 10 weeks, the title of our series is Wisdom for Life. Uh, the book of Proverbs is very much about uh, wisdom. It's very much about gaining knowledge and, and putting that knowledge into practice in life. Wisdom shared for the purpose of living well. Uh, one way I often heard wisdom defined growing up was that it was all about the application of knowledge. Uh, so it's one thing to know facts and information, to gain knowledge. It's another thing uh, to apply that knowledge well in everyday life. Uh, like a saying that I've, I've heard a few times recently, and you might have heard it too. I'll pop this quote up on the screen for you. Knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. <laughs> knowledge is knowing tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad, right? The, the application of knowledge. Uh, as we gain knowledge, hopefully we learn to be wise as well and apply what we learn in a way that benefits our lives. Now, it doesn't always work out that way. I looked after a young man at the Royal Brisbane Hospital once. He came to ICU with burns over his chest and face and arms. He'd been filling up his car with petrol and decided that would be a good time to light a cigarette. Uh, it doesn't take much to learn that smoking and petrol stations don't mix. There are signs everywhere when you go to fill up. Uh, if you start to do it, usually someone will come running out of the the, the, the store screaming at you, uh, most people heed the signs <laughs> and resist the urge to smoke. Uh, this young man learned the hard way and you would hope he'd apply his hard-earned knowledge from now on. Uh, but as he was chatting to his parents in the hospital, uh, he said this, this is his application of the dangers of smoking at a petrol station. He said, I'm going to have to stop buying petrol. <laughs> That's his solution. That's how he applies what he's learned. Uh, Not wise. Uh, He hasn't benefited from the knowledge he now has. Instead, uh, he's putting tomato in a fruit salad. Now, I hoped at the time, and I think that his statement was a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but it was also clear from the other things I learned about him uh, that he was not living in a wise way. Uh, He was not... Applying knowledge well, he might be the kind of person you you would fairly characterise as foolish. Uh, His life didn't have the hallmarks of wisdom. In the book of Proverbs, wisdom and knowledge come together uh, and we see the benefit of daily life when we live wisely, when we heed the voice of wisdom. The book of Proverbs describes all manner of situations in life and when we apply the knowledge that is to be gained there, uh, in the way that Proverbs instructs us to, well, that would usually mean good things for our lives. Uh, 
The book of Proverbs contains wisdom for life. And we'll find the Proverbs in this book also go deeper than your average proverb. We all know Proverbs like a stitch in time saves nine. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. The early bird gets the worm. Uh, pithy sayings that teach a simple, helpful truth about life. And there are lots of similar sayings like that in, in the book of Proverbs. But the whole purpose of the book and the nature of the wisdom that we find there goes far beyond just the little tips and tricks that make life easier. Uh, Proverbs describes the foundation and basis for true wisdom. And the life that we do find there is astounding. The first seven verses of Proverbs give us a concise purpose for the book. In verses 1 to 6, we learn who the author the purpose and the audience of the book of Proverbs is. Uh, So have a look from verse 1 with me. Pardon me. Verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Uh, That's that's how Proverbs starts. Uh, King Solomon uh, authored the majority of the books of Proverbs, as we'll see. Uh, It's actually an anthology, a collection of work by a number of authors, wise sayings from more than one source, But the author of most of the Proverbs uh, is Solomon. Solomon was a king in Israel, perhaps best known for his wisdom. Uh, So we're going to have a look at a passage from 2 Chronicles. Now, have a reminder of of how Solomon became so wise. Uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 1, and from verse 7, you can follow this along on the screen with me. 2 Chronicles 1 from verse 7. That night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered God, You have shown great kindness to David, my father, and have made me king in this place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father David be confirmed, for you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? God said to Solomon, Since this is your heart's desire and you have not asked for wealth, possessions or honour, nor for the death of your enemies, and since you have not asked for a long life but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I have made you king, therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given you. And I will also give you wealth, possessions and honour, such as no king who was before you ever had and none after you will have. Then Solomon went to Jerusalem from the high place at Gibeon, from before the tent of meeting, and he reigned over Israel. Probably unlike most kings and rulers in the world ever, what Solomon wanted most from God was wisdom. Uh, That's a pretty extraordinary offer for God to give whatever you care to ask for. Imagine being in Solomon's position at that point. Uh, And Solomon doesn't ask for unlimited wishes or a never-ending packet of Tim Tams or wealth or honour or the death of his enemies or long life, as it says there in verse 11, he asked for wisdom and knowledge to govern the people well. You can see why God was pleased to give Solomon what he asked for. If only more world leaders would ask God for the same thing when they come into power. Uh, How different might the world be if, if what leaders wanted more than anything was to rule their people in the way that God says is best. So the book of Proverbs contains much of this wisdom of Solomon. Uh, 
And in the same vein of Solomon's request of God, the book is written for its readers that they might receive wisdom and knowledge for living. Uh, The wise person will seek wisdom and follow instruction. And the benefits of that will show in their life. Uh, Verses 2 to 6 describe the purpose of the book. Have a read of verses uh, 2 and 3 with me. For starters, verses 2 and 3. For gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behaviour, doing what is right and just and fair. Uh, immediately, you, you see the way that wisdom, knowledge, instruction uh, really blend together here. They really are similes in the book of Proverbs. Uh, and there's a, a practical purpose, a goal to all of this wisdom and learning. It's not just to fill our heads with information. It, it ought to result in prudent behaviour uh, and the learner doing what is right and just and fair. Uh, as we read through the book of Proverbs, we'll see just how practical it is and how closely related uh, to to the the, the living of life day by day. Uh, The next three verses continue to outline the purpose of the book and they also tell us a bit about the audience. As the book goes on, we'll see Solomon address his son, unnamed. Uh, Certainly you could say the Proverbs are something like an instruction manual for the princes of Israel, growing them in wisdom, preparing them for courtly life. But the audience is also much broader than that, uh, extending really to all the people of Israel and to anyone who reads the Proverbs, ultimately. Uh, Who are these Proverbs for? Have a look at verses 4 to 6 with me. Verses 4 to 6. For giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, uh, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. So, verse 4. Firstly, uh, Proverbs is for those who are simple and young, for the simple and the young, those inexperienced in life or the ways of the world, those with you know, fewer years under their belt, perhaps, who still need to learn a thing or two about how the world works. Uh, the young man I described at the start. Uh, who didn't think it would be a problem to light up a smoke at the petrol bowser, he might fall into this category, simple or young, needing to wise up about how the world works and how to live well in it. He didn't display much prudence or knowledge or discretion. Uh, Prudence is an interesting word. Uh, It sounds a bit like the way we often perhaps describe uh, naive people or perhaps those who intentionally shut themselves off uh, from the world to avoid the seedier parts of life. But you don't have to be a prude to display prudence. That's an overly negative use of that word. It's actually prudence is a positive quality. Uh, Being smart and dealing shrewdly in the world, that's what it means. It means something like shrewdness. Uh, So to be prudent and to deal shrewdly in the world. The simple and the young are to read Proverbs and gain that prudence, that shrewdness. Gain knowledge and discretion. These are things that we do need to learn when we're young and inexperienced. Uh, And you don't have to set yourself alight at the petrol station to learn these lessons. Uh, Many of Proverbs, we'll see, are aimed at instructing us so that we avoid the pitfalls in life. Learn what we need to know first so that we don't get into trouble in the first place. Uh, And that can be hard to do. (laughs) As human beings, we so often 
just learn by our mistakes, don't we? Uh, I'm still young enough to remember what it was like to be young. Just going to pause for effect there. I don't know if you think I'm young or old or somewhere in between, but I feel like I'm somewhere in between. That's why I say it that way. I was still young enough to remember what it was like to be young. Uh, there's some, sometimes there's kind of pride and arrogance when you're young, not wanting to hear the opinion of others, perhaps just sort of jumping in and, and doing what you think is right or what's best. And then when things go wrong, well, you've learned your lesson, you won't do that again, maybe. Uh, but to the young, Solomon says, learn first. Uh, learn from those around you who've, who've lived a bit of life and, and know the way to go. It's a real skill and it shows maturity to learn what you need to know before acting, uh, to look ahead at the possible pitfalls and, and avoid them. Uh, one commentator on Proverbs says it this way, the world says live and learn, God is saying learn and live. <clears throat> so learn from the Proverbs, learn from the whole Bible, learn from those older and wiser than you and then live God's way. Now, one of the great things about Proverbs is that it has such a wide audience, not only the young or the simple, but also the wise and discerning are to learn from God's wisdom in Proverbs. Uh, now, there aren't actually any age limits here. A young person can show great wisdom and an older person can be quite simple. Uh, but what about those who have gained wisdom and learning in life? Well, it turns out that you still have more to learn. Uh, you never stop learning or you shouldn't, according to Solomon. Verse 5, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. This book is also for the wise and discerning. You never stop learning. I said a minute ago that there can be a kind of arrogance uh, to youth. I'm young enough uh, to remember what it's like to act that way. And look, I think I'm also old enough to know that we can be arrogant as we get older too, can't we? Uh, There's an attitude that develops that says... I don't really need to learn anymore. Uh, we get set in our ways as we get older. I've, I've always done it that way, so that must be the best way. I've always thought that, so that must be right. I've become resistant to new ideas, new ways of doing things. There are always new ideas and new ways of doing things, developing technology, new approaches to problems. We should be open to ongoing learning open to new ideas and be prudent in accepting the good and rejecting the bad. Uh, It's possible that something you've always thought was true is actually not true or possible that it's not actually the wisest way to live, even though you feel like it's always worked for you. Uh, Maybe maybe cutting, cutting open your skin and squeezing the pus out isn't the best way to treat an infection, for example. Just a little example that I may or may not have gotten from my father. We need to be open to new possibilities, uh, open to adopting new ways if they're better or wiser. Uh, And we can always add to our learning. Whatever we know can always be expanded on. It doesn't necessarily mean that what we know is wrong. There's just more to learn. Uh, Having been a nurse uh, since the mid-90s, look, I know this is how it is in the medical profession. Uh, As a nurse or doctor, the scientific basis for the profession is constantly growing. New and different discoveries and developments, and if you don't want to add to your learning, well, you don't stay in the profession. 
You can't keep practicing if you're not continually learning. And that's true of so much of life. We're always learning. Uh, And if we're discerning, we'll actually continue to seek learning, to continue to seek guidance. Whenever we take a, a new new route or approach a new problem, we'll seek guidance from those who know more than us. No matter how old or wise or experienced we are, uh, it's an ongoing attitude to life. Uh, there's just a smart, wise way to approach life. So Proverbs is written for a broad purpose and a broad audience, for the gaining of wisdom, instruction and understanding uh, for people of all ages and stages of life that we might live well and do what is right and just and fair. Uh, and, and this is communicated in a very unique medium. Uh, verse 6 calls them uh, proverbs or parables, sayings and riddles of the wise. They're all similes for what is this very unique form of communication, the proverb. Uh, the proverbs are largely poetic, and that helps us to know how to read them too, uh, as we'll see in coming weeks. But they're certainly written for those who wish to be wise, uh, who want to learn wisdom for life. The final verse to this introduction to the book, it does one more very important thing for us. Uh, Verse 7 gives gives us what is really the theme of the whole book. Uh, Chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So from the start of the book, Proverbs tells us that the fear of the Lord is the foundation of knowledge and wisdom. Uh, This bedrock statement is repeated in chapter 9, chapter 9, verses 10 and 11. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. You see the way that wisdom and knowledge are similes there in those two Statements, chapter 1 and chapter 9. And chapter 9 extends that concept of wisdom and its connection with life. Uh, We see the same in chapter 14 uh, with the the fear of the Lord, chapter 14, verse 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. It should be no surprise that Solomon uh, equates the fear of the Lord with wisdom. Where has Solomon's wisdom come from? Straight from God. Solomon was wise because he feared the Lord. Uh, It's the very gift he asked for and received as Israel's king. For Solomon, the fear of the Lord is undoubtedly the foundation of all wisdom, the starting point, the constant source for all who seek wisdom is the fear of the Lord. I would tease that out a little more in uh, growth groups this week, the first half of chapter 2. It's another very helpful place to look. Uh, As we read throughout the book of Proverbs, we'll see that the fear of the Lord is a really positive statement. Uh, Read on face value, it can seem a bit negative, uh, as as though we're the fear of the Lord, as though we're to be afraid of God. Uh, And look, (laughs) there are times and circumstances in life where you may may be quite right to be afraid of God. Uh, But it's a very positive statement in Proverbs and throughout the Bible, for those who trust in God, for those who follow God as their God. It doesn't mean, uh, if we're followers of God, to be afraid of him, but to trust him. 
Chapter 14, verse 27 says that the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. It turns us away from the snares of death. Your days will be many, says chapter 9, verse 11. And looking again at chapter 1, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The opposite of fearing the Lord is to be a fool, <laughs> to despise wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the path to wisdom, knowledge and understanding. As we read our way through Proverbs, we'll see that those who trust God, respect him and follow his ways, are those who fear the Lord. They fear God. And they're the ones who will gain wisdom and understanding. To fear God is the wise way to live. Uh, Proverbs is chock full of wise advice for a full and, and joyful life, so often contrasted with the pitfalls that await those who ignore God, uh, God's wisdom always beats human wisdom. God's wisdom, biblical wisdom, tells us what life is really like and sets us on the best path. And so we need to trust God, fear him, submit to his instruction in life. Another commentator I've been reading on Proverbs draws a comparison between Proverbs and Descartes. So philosopher René Descartes famously wrote, I think, therefore I am. Uh, in his search for certainty in life, Descartes reduced what we can truly undoubtedly know to the bare bones of the human self. Even if you doubt everything else in the world, all that you can see and hear and touch and taste and smell, even if you doubt all of that, you, you can't deny the fact that you are sitting there thinking, doubting. <laughs> that becomes the starting point for Descartes to build from. And so everything we can know and believe is built on the individual person, uh, our ability to think or at the very least to doubt. And you can decide for yourself whether this is a good way to have certainty uh, about what we know in life, about what is wise. Uh, it's certainly the way that many build their knowledge, have built their knowledge of life over the centuries, starting with the individual, going from there. We, we see it in the relativism of today's culture, uh, the idea that each person decides their own truth, that the idea that something is true simply because it's true for you. Hard to see, though, how we can have certainty in life if every individual person is the foundation for knowledge and wisdom. Uh, how could we ever really know what's right and true and wise? The Bible actually reverses Descartes' philosophy. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And knowledge and wisdom start with God and then move towards us. We receive wisdom from God. The knowledge of the world that he has made comes from him to us. And we can build a life based on that. Uh, that's certainly what Solomon tells us is the sure foundation uh, for wisdom and life. And the fear of the Lord, most importantly, is not just about wisdom for this life. It's not just about knowing that the earlier you rise, the more productive you'll be. Uh, it's not just about knowing that you don't put tomato in a fruit salad. Fear of the Lord gives us wisdom for life beyond this life. This part of Proverbs stands firmly in the flow of biblical history and the the salvation, of history, the salvation history that we, we see in the Bible 
It tells us that a king born in the line of Solomon and, and King David is the king who would be born one day to save his people from their sin by dying on a cross and rising to life again so that all who fear him, trust him, believe in him could be saved and look forward to a life forever with God. The wisdom of Proverbs leads us to Jesus. Uh, We could reword the theme phrase in chapter 1 and 9 to read something like this. The fear of the Lord Jesus Christ is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord Jesus Christ is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord in the New Testament is a descriptor for disciples of Jesus, loving each other, loving the world, and looking forward to the eternal life to come. Uh, This is how Luke describes the church in Acts chapter 9. Acts 9 verse 31 from the passage Michelle read for us earlier. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. The church in Jerusalem had just come through a time of intense persecution. That persecution had sent Christians out of Jerusalem And everywhere they went, they spread the good news about Jesus. Uh, And everywhere they went, the church grew. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. The church isn't just sitting down, enjoying life for what it can offer now. People are becoming Christians. They're, They're finding the eternal life that God offers in Jesus, and the church is growing. And that continues to happen to this day. The fear of the Lord is about something far more than just wisdom for this life. It's about wisdom for eternal life. Verses 10, uh, sorry, the 10 verses leading up there to Acts chapter 9, 31, is the condensed story of Saul. Uh, this, this man, Saul, who had become the Apostle Paul, uh, was a persecutor of the church. Uh, Saul came to fear the Lord in his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And he became a fearless preacher of the gospel. Fear of the Lord changes lives and gives hope, not just for this life, but beyond this life. Uh, This is a knowledge and a wisdom that can only come from God and can only be found in the gospel. This is how Paul describes uh, God's wisdom in Jesus' death on the cross for forgiveness of sin. Uh, I'm going to read a few verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Look at the way uh, Paul describes God's wisdom in these verses. 1 Corinthians 1. From verse 18, But the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Uh, And then from verse 23, We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. As we study Proverbs this term, let's live in the fear of the Lord. Let's revel in the wisdom and knowledge of God. Let's follow God's way wholeheartedly and enjoy the incredible benefits both for this life and the next. The cross and Christian beliefs may seem foolish to so many in the world. And as Christians... Uh, We may be persecuted for that. Uh, We may not always have an easy time or an easy life. 
But if we stand on the fear of God as the foundation for knowledge and wisdom, we'll be standing on a sure and certain foundation. If we love and trust and follow Jesus, we are living in the wisdom of God and that wisdom gives eternal life. Let's pray and thank God for that right now. Please pray with me. Dear God, we do praise you for the wisdom that you reveal to us in your word. We praise you for the wisdom that we receive, which helps us to live well in this world that you have made, teaches us about you, about your world, and about how we ought to, uh, to deal. We, we thank you that in following your wisdom, we can enjoy life. We can have a life that is lived according to your purpose for us. We thank you for this. Help us to live according to your word. We thank you especially, Lord, that in your word we learn of the wisdom that leads to eternal life, of your wise plan of salvation through Jesus' death for sin, his payment of the penalty on our behalf, that through faith in him we can be saved from sin and have the hope of eternal life in heaven. We praise you for the wisdom that leads to life. Help us to live as your people. Help us to look forward in hope to the life that you have in store for us. We ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.